Okie dokie. Hello and welcome to this latest episode of Star Trek Reliant, where we've got our usual cast of characters embarking on a fun little mission here. So we'll begin with our security officer, Chorog. I'm here to kick skid plate and drink venom, and I'm all out of venom. Okay, so then we got our con officer, Karjun Rani. You know, sometimes I think strange thoughts. Like, do you think the Farpoint Nidarians shit asteroids? <laughs> and we've got our chief medical officer, Eli O'Connor. I'm also the first officer. I got nothing witty to say this time. Sorry. Oh, don't and we've got our chief engineer. We've got our chief engineer, Rick Tier. I make things go in increasingly complicated and convoluted ways, and even the wheels have wheels inside them. I think those are usually and called ball got, bearings. And we've got our uh, uh, chaplain and uh, bartender and another security officer in Grumpy Old Dord, playing Waitley slash Grimnir slash Mary. Insert witty comment here. Obligatory wit has been... Uh, procured. You may continue. Laughter ensues. Witty repartee. And here, just a second, I'm going to take care of some external audio right now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Technical Difficulties Podcast. <laughs> Why do I feel like there's actually a podcast with that name? Because there is. is. Oh, okay. It's, you know, actually, a, the Technical Difficulties are actually a sort of comedy group in the United Kingdom. Are you about to get us sued by Effective. saying we're them? No. Okay, it's good. free I advertisement. <laughs> I think, what, we have a total of maybe 100 viewers? I mean, there's that one guy in Saudi Arabia. And I'm pretty sure Tom Scott is not one of them, so... And there's also that drunken lad in uh, Mongolia. Really? Did not know about the Mongolian lad. Point being is we wouldn't we be worth suing even if somebody found out about us, which they won't. No one will ever know. I've heard we're quite, popular, right. I've heard so, we're quite popular in Burkina Faso. All right. So I am now back. Things seem stable on my audio setup. So let us begin with our adventure tonight, where we bait the camera pans around, well, the Starship Reliant, in orbit around the planet of Archer Prime, nearby Starbase Magellan. It's the settled uh, Federation Andorian colony, that uh, the Starbase has been around. It's independent, it's a little rural, and the team is on its, um, its cold alpine surface, helping with a medical supply run. So, on the away team is Chorog, Kara, Eli, Rick, and Grimnir. Jingle bells, Captain smells, Eli laid an egg. No, I didn't, no. No, no. Grimnir just looks over and says, Wait, you lay eggs? Huh, learn something new every day. I like eggs. Kara at this point is stifling laughter. Uh, Rick's just got this rather awkward face, uh, rather confused by, well, not confused, but just, okay. Um, and, all right, so where do we need to take this stuff? Because we've got a sled full of stuff here. So so, you're, uh, let's see, just a second, I'm just checking over some notes right now. Also, so, note, I was going to say, note to self, next time I sing a song, sing the regular lyrics and not the, not the uh, satirical ones, because I don't think it's going to work so well. So, um, let's see, 
All right. Um, so the, te- the team is assisting the locals with a bit of a uh, small pandemic that's spread across the planet uh, uh, and is requiring uh, inoculation. Eli is team lead, and you're currently in the process of delivering those medical supplies to the, um, to the medical office in Tranville. Um, in addition, you also have additional supplies for um, heating needs, as well as some replicator parts, um, since those are a little bit in demand in a colony as rural as this. They rely on those very heavily, and also um, uh, the... Um, I just lost my train of thought again, sorry. They rely on the parts rather heavily and get creative with basically using small-scale replicators to do... Um, uh, uh, to build the larger structures, but by create, getting creative with how they're, you know, extracting pieces from those uh, replicators and using them to as- assemble small things, which that assembles into medium things, which assemble into big things. Thus, there's a little bit of an artistic design to the buildings around you, where they have some interesting, like, lattice work of smaller pieces building larger structures, as it's nestled in, again, an alpine area where you got a lot of big carnivorous trees around a mountainscape and this nice little set- settlement in the middle. Uh, it reminds me of when I was a kid on the farm and used to build stuff with building blocks. It is rather an ingenious uh, solution with. Rather limited supplies and know-how. Speaking of limited supplies, they better watch the kids around these things, or otherwise there's going to be a lot of playhouses bringing up. Kind of reminds me of one of our old raider camps that we did a lot of training at. Oh? You had modular stuff? Uh, I wouldn't exactly call it modular. It was just crap we threw together, old Starship hull parts and... Crates and whatever we get our hands on, it worked. Uh, that might be considered modular as a stretch. I mean, the one I guess you call it shelter that I used to like was an old nacelle housing. Ah, uh, warp capable homes. They don't make them like that anymore. Grubner just kind of tilts his head and says, Don't we serve aboard a warp capable home? It's just really. Really big one. Touche. He looks right, really. <laughs> he looks around. And he says, "Wait a minute. There's some that are bigger than ours." You know what? Never mind. Carl was right. They really don't make them the like they used to, though. Well, you know, you know what they say. It's not the size; it's how you use it. So, so, I was talking about this points at him and says, "Good point. Good point." Uh, right. So. uh uh, Commander O'Connor, who who do we get to sign for all this? I don't know. We're headed right to the office that should be inside. Aye, sir. I'll just keep pushing the cart. Alright, we we got a couple of these carts. Everybody on the cart! Come on! On the cart! Push! Car looks around. I'm gonna have you guys do... Nobody but me play that game? Okay. Um. So, you guys, uh, they're, you know, they're hover carts. Nothing to... Oh, nothing too out of the ordinary. So you're pushing them over to the main colonial office where there's, and outside, a old lady taking care of a couple of hostages. Doggos. Doggos are yipping and enjoying some treats. Grimner sees the dogs. His eyes get wide. He's just, he opens his mouth. He opens his arm. He's like, doggos. <laughs> the doggos uh, run over and start licking Grimner. 
He collapses. He's just like, oh my god, this is amazing. I better be careful with him around Nala. I think Grimner Probably. might be the only one there who's uh, at least the size of the Huskies, if not bigger. <laughs> I was about to say, is that small? What? Yeah. Uh-huh. Husk- yeah. Huskies are not super big dogs. They're, they're, they're medium kind of medium-sized. <laughs> not the Huskies I've seen, but okay, never mind then. You might be thinking of Malamutes. Maybe. They just I was told they were Huskies, and they were freaking massive. Jog standing there looking at the... Uh, that's like, I miss my old Jackal Mastiff. You had a Jackal Mastiff? Yeah. Come stinky. What, why Why would you... That just sounds mean. It was a good pet. I like to bite every once in a while, but... Hey, man, it was, it was love bites. Kara just kind of pushes the card up to the old woman and says, Hey, do you work here? Oh, no, I don't work here. I'm just walking my doggies. So nice that, you know, connects so well to some strangers from off worlds. Uh, what can I say? Grimnir's an animal person. Almost literally. Little does she old lady. Know. <laughs> the, the old lady nods and says, Well, you just go right inside there. You know, the colonial director, they'll take care of you all right and nice. Okay, then. So that's what we're going to do. And you go have a nice day now, don't you hear? Oh, yes. Thank you very much. And Kara walks in, realizing she's landed on the planet Wisconsin. Don't you know? (laughs) (laughs) Eli brings one of the other carts inside. So inside there's a, um, you know, relatively nice, uh, large, um, but also fairly robust uh, waiting room. A bunch of benches and a large desk, uh, behind which is a small small embossed map of the... Planet Archer Prime, the um, the indiv- er, the attendant on station, uh, looks up and says, "Oh yes, oh yes, thank you, thank you very much. Um, I'm uh, I'm Trelawney, and I th- thank you for bringing these magnificent supplies here. It's I know you know such an effort sometimes dealing with a hot climate and you know mineral in- anomalies here, but yes, thank you, for, thank you. Um." Yes, you can put those over there, and for these, well, these are the sensitive medical supplies, correct? Yes, uh, you have a plague going on, don't you, or some some affliction? Yes, um, so many patients over the medical center, so many children, it's quite disheartening. I've had about of the, well, it's called Endorian fever, but we, we don't like to use that terminology here. Uh... Yes, we've just simply been calling it the affliction for right now. Um, Kara, meanwhile, is offloading the supplies where she was told. Although, when Eli immediately just kind of goes, oh yeah, you guys are got a play going on, right? She does snark. The, the um, Trelawney of the attendant says, um, if you could just sign here, I'll summon the doctors immediately and we can uh, hopefully begin some more treatment procedures. Well, uh, I'm sure we'll be happy to assist in any way we can. So I'm particularly an engineer with um, a bit of a speciality in transporters. So if in the meantime, while the doctors come, if there's anything I can do. Oh, you know, we didn't, you don't use too many transporters around here, but 
Uh, it, any engineering expertise would be most appreciated. I mean, the replicators are, you know, primary concern at this point, um, as well as, you know, curing the affliction. Well, um, and he looks to uh, Dr. O'Connor. I presume I've got the, uh, got permission to uh, see what I can do? Of course. Eli, meanwhile, also has the opportunity to sign or to basically sign over for the transfer of supplies and also um, uh, meet with the local medical teams. Yep, Eli's doing that. He's pushing the cart full of vaccines. Yep, he pushes this directed, and um, in the uh, down a small hall in, in another room, a small team of doctors is already waiting for him. All right, got your cures here, freshly synthesized this morning. And an Dorian medical officer with a preposterously large beard says, Oh, yes, yes, thank you, thank you. Uh, it's been quite taxing. We've done what we can with local materials, but thank you, Starfleet, for providing this for us. It'll save many lives. I'm glad I could do that for you. Right, right. Well, this is Dr. Taban, this is Dr. Schwerk, and I'm Dr. Gleisinger. Could you say that last one again? <laughs> My throat almost died on that one. Uh, Dr. Glazing. Glazing, like like like, like the donut. Like a glazed donut. I suppose so. Okay. It doesn't quite translate the same way. Andorian. I unfortunately don't speak Andorian. I could speak Bajoran, though, but not as impressive right. here. Right. Um, have you had time to review any of the um, particulars about the vi uh, virus and vaccine? Uh, yes, I literally made this this morning. Okay. Yes, just to be sure. I mean... Sometimes when Starfleet sends supplies over, they just send, you know, junior officers. Ah, your assistance is appreciated here. So the, um, the vaccine is very effective, um, but the antiviral treatments that we need have also, uh, are critically needed for those who are already infected. Um, we have a plan in place to distribute the vaccine, but unfortunately with transportation networks as they are, it's rather difficult to get them to the outlying settlements. It should be easy. Uh, we got the Reliant up in orbit. Use the transporters. Should be really, really easy. Oh, about that. <laughs> Whatever could you mean? And then at that that moment, there's a, a storm starts to kick up outside. Lady with the doggos proceeds to her home. Wind begins to spend some, you know, more snow begins to fall. Well, I reckon what they're probably talking about, Kara says without being asked, as the old lady mentioned a whole bunch of mineral anomalies, I'm going to guess that beaming up and down probably isn't always that easy around here. Am I right? Yeah, during, well, regular storms, it's perfectly fine, but it's a bit of a solar flare and an ion storm, you know, hitting the planet right now. And uh, transporters, it should be clear within a couple of days, but... Transporters are going to be somewhat problematic, and they also interfere with impulse technology. You would agree. Right, Eli well, well. pinches the bridge of his nose. Did Grave te Graves tell us about any of this? Evidently not. Him <laughs> yeah, <laughs> apparently not. All right, well, here's the important question. You got any Argos? Um, uh, I, I don't believe so. Well, I ain't walking it out there. 
Uh, Dr. Ray, or another Dr. raises their hand and says, Well, um, well, unfortunately we don't have much, you know, machinery. Fuels are difficult to come by here and we typically use those for heating. For emergency medical visits and other critical transportation runs, we do use the sleds. Kara starts to almost run outside and just yells, Dibs on Togo! <laughs> Uh, Dr. Glazing nods and says, yes, um, sled dog teams are the most sustainable and reliable way of getting around during inclement weather here. I'm not going to question it. I dig it. There, such teams were used in my planet's, uh, ancient history, especially when, uh, cold situations such as this cut off many communities from each other. Dr. Glazing nods and says, yes, um, fortunately we anticipated there could be these problems, so uh, we have a couple of sleds waiting for you already over at the um, main kennel. The um, particulars are already covered. Um, I hope your team gets along well with the dogs. Will they be able to, you know, pull all of us? There's like five of us. Uh, Well, between uh, two teams and, well, couple of you who look relatively light. I think they can do it. All right, yeah. Uh, I'm glad we actually dressed warm. It was very useful for more than just, you know, <laughs> the five seconds we thought it would take to get in here. Apologies, but given the emergency, we felt that we couldn't wait um, at the storm for your arrival. Grimner's just in his standard right. uniform. He looks around and he says, wait, is that why y'all wore armor? I thought y'all were going into combat. I'm wearing a coat. What? This is a nanofiber-insulated coat. Kara might make a smart, you know, ma- mouth comment about padded armor, but she's already off with the dogs. Well, the, the, there is a lot of uh, generally uh, visual overlap when it comes to uh, being protected. Uh, sometimes it's protection from the environment. Sometimes it's protection from getting a phaser shot in your face, but it's still protecting and so there are certain similarities well um if your friend there requires uh additional thermal insulation i'm sure something can be arranged grimner shrugs i'm good he he's built different see that very well then um i won't keep you any longer but yes we specifically need uh let's see Specifically need supplies delivered to Sato City. The others, um, there's, uh, let's see. I mean, limited contact. They're unlikely to catch virus, but unfortunately Sato City has already have a few family members uh, affected for the low population there. So they will need antiviral treatments rather quickly. All right, we can get out as soon as we figure out how to mush. I, I've never actually done sled dog. Before we go, do you have any snow blind glasses? Because if if we get it, we're still out there, and the sun comes out, that snow can blind us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, um. There are additional supplies over in the kennels, as well as instruction. So the team is basically getting a thumbs up that they can take care of, sort of getting additional equipment, supplies, and also learn how to, you know. Mush, uh, over at the kennels. The Duggos are. Alright. Um, Eli's putting up the hood on his coat and heading over. 
by the time the group gets there, Kara's already finished, uh, you know, setting up one of the sleds for herself and is busy baby talking to the dogs. Who's a good little doggy? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> all right, Kara, you're going to pilot that sled? Yeah, sure. This doesn't seem all that hard. I mean, I worked with animals all the time as a kid. Uh, Rick will just start, uh, well, uh, organizing the logistics of it, how everything will start to fit, uh, what goes at the bottom, just that kind of general logistics and packing. So there's a team of instructors there that are also helping to supply the sled with all of the materials you need, not only to do the trip, but also survival equipment, tents, food, rations, um, signal gear, that type of thing, navigation equipment. So you do have, they are sleds, but they are loaded with um, quite a bit of sophisticated uh, kit, specialized for the environment. And they're also kind of giving the group a once-over about um, their attire and just anything, you know, any little bits like, you know, tuck in your boots. You know, here's, here's some of those snow goggles to help with the uh, orientation. Kara also helps, you know, load up the things, and she's like, Okay, now remember, it's not just weight distribution you need to worry about. It's what you're going to need to get to. If you put all your camping gear on the bottom, you're going to be very upset at the end of the first day. I've gone camping, so I know that much. Well, when it comes to the medical supplies, put the vaccines underneath the antivirals at the top. The antivirals might be necessary in an emergency as soon as we get there. Agreed. That's already how I was packing them, but... Truck walks up with an armload of... Furs. You might want to wrap your wrap the vaccines and other equip other sensitive stuff in these furs. Keep it warm. You don't want that stuff freezing. Yeah, I think the, the memory foam they came in is pretty good. The casings are hermetically sealed. They they should be fine. They're temperature controlled. Do you want to take that chance? We don't know how cold it's going to get out there. These can survive a shuttle crash. I'm pretty sure they can survive a little bit of cold. Yeah, and honestly, if the cold can overcome the seals on these crates. Furs ain't gonna help. We're all already dead. Show it yourself. And the planet Archer Prime, I mean, it's cold, but it's not, like, that cold. It's not Ruapente cold. Okay, so let's figure out teams. I'll lead one sled, Kara, you captain another. Um, and I, I feel like Grimnir should get his own smaller Aye, sled. He, he, Grimnir, you're a big guy. I'm not that big. Are you trying to make me self-conscious about no, my weight? No, no, no. The, 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 um, the instructors at that comment are already preparing Grimnir his own team of doggos. Grimnir, I have never okay. seen a person who doesn't have to look up to you in a literal sense. You're big. Point taken. Also, I like this idea. I get my own doggos. You get your own doggos. The doggos. Grimnir gets excited doggos. like a little kid. He's just like, okay, let's go. <laughs> the the doggos introduced to uh, Grimnir are um, his, his his team leaders are Rexford, Rutherford, Maximilian, and Rudolph. Grimnir blinks. I'll remember that in about a fortnight. <laughs> the um, the the head instructor, um, a you know this a slim Endorian woman says, "All right, now." If you want them to go, I mean, there's the simple command line, mush, and you've got the reins here, and you can kind of give them a little bit of a shake to get them started. And, of course, you can pull back to kind of draw them to a close, but you definitely do need to lead with a little bit of personality. They are very social animals and are very well attuned to um, working as a team with you. All right. 
Makes so sense. the team leader, the team leaders now um, are doing get to do a little bit of practice um, at the behest of the instructors. And uh, basically, you're all going to give me, or the team leader specifically, so Kara, Eli, and Grimnir, are going to give me presence command rolls. Trying to get the dog's oh. attention as they're hardest up. Great. So not even my focus is really going to help. So Grimnir is going to uh, do a thing. He's, he's going to use the animal allegiance shout to basically become best friends with the dogs. Nice. <laughs> run, Meta. Come, we ride. <laughs> the the dogs immediately respond to Grimnir and are basically, you know, perfectly in line. Kara is half distracted by wanting to pet the dogs, but apparently she does okay. Dogs are slightly unruly, but are, you know, getting in line. And, you know, similar thing with Eli. Did I not do it right? I did not do it right. Yeah, they it's changed the commands a long time ago. There we go. Yeah. So, again, um, Eli and Kara are starting to get the hang of it, while Grimnair is now, he, he is perfectly in sync with the doggos. He's, he's standing on the sled, his arms out wide, he's not even, like, holding the reins or anything, he's just, like, he's singing in Old Norse, We ride through the hills of the snow! We shall show these milk drinkers who we are! <laughs> he is really the, excited. The instructor the instructors are taking pictures of Grimnir as he does this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just a reminder, everyone, before we get going, just uh, you have been keeping up on your cold weather survival training. So um, we've got this. I mean, right. some Char of us avoided... Uh, oh, some of us avoided Ryza by being on hollow Andoria, so I, I, th I think we're fine. I was about to say, meanwhile, Kara's just learning how to sing the Sovngarde song from uh, Rimnir. So at this point, the team is kind of, you know, they're kind of coached into how to get the sleds moving. The large doors are opening. And um, yeah, you you start to get underway. Now, Chorog and Rick, um, you've got uh, Kara's sled and Eli's sled. Any particular choices on which one? Eli's sled has more medical supplies. Kara's sled has more survival supplies. I'll go, Kara. Yeah, I was about to say I saw that coming. <laughs> Dang, I was team gonna, team. I was gonna say Chora come with me. I was gonna say team violence. <laughs> I mean, Eli, Eli, Eli has command though. So if Eli wants to make a command decision, also true. Yeah, Chora, you're coming with me, dead or alive. Okay, Rick, come on. Yeah, well, I'm I'll, about animals. This will be fun. Well, let's go, Kara. We can do this. Kara just kind of waits for the doors to be open, checks the compass to make sure everybody's going in the right direction, and just calls out, Hi! So, the sled doggos get underway. The doggos are really excited. It's, you know, it's cold, it's it's their, you know, preferred temperature, and the doors are opening, they're, they're, they're rearing to go. So, uh, with that, let's go ahead and give more presence command rolls um, for the group. Is there, like, can't I use control or something else? Um... Yeah, let's okay. I'll I'll, I'll allow Khan uh, in this. I was about to say because you, Khan. you you literally could you're, only you're... get worse that role by one point for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, so present or I uh, presence Khan. 
But later, if you're having to do more fine maneuvering, you can throw control in there. This is just basically motivate the doggos, get him to go forward. Nothing too fancy. You don't have to roll it, Chorog. Yeah, it's only for the sled team leaders. I mean, Chorog and Rick have the... They are um, basically the... Um, your passengers. The rear... The rear pilot in an F-14, that's basically your role. Your job You're is on to hang the, on and don't the, fall so, off. So I'm, so I'm the radar intercept officer. I'm the real. Pretty you much. Also yeah, have your so basically you're... I was about to say, you also have a hand free for a rifle if we need one. I'm Goose. Uh, and also navigation, keeping a lookout. Uh, yeah, so... um. So the teams get underway. Um, Eli and Grenier's team are, you know, right at it. And Kara's, Kara's team stops for a moment, has to sniff a few things, you know, meanders a little bit, and, and then sets off as it sees the, um, the the team sees the doggos tear off. I was about to say, the, meanwhile, Kara's just desperately trying to go, on by, on by. Oh, come on, guys. They're, they're going, they're going, they're going. The um, Some of the settlers are, you know, riffing the uh, in, their risingly inclement weather, waving the team on, cheering. Saying, go get him and you know, come back with the doggos. Kara just kind of looks over her shoulder and just looks to Rick. But do they think we're just going to leave them there when we get there? Well, uh. I love their doggos. I guess so. I mean, we're not going to leave them there. Kara shrugs and returns all her attention to mushing. Mush. You mush. You mush towards a, um, you what might be a road in the summer, but now is a kind of a wide path through the uh, through the forest mountains, leading towards the settlement of Sato. Or, let me just double check Sato City, where you'll need to develop uh, deploy the medical supplies. Meanwhile, up in Reliant, Graves is on the bridge, watching the uh, view screen and you know the view of a ion storm kind of dazzling against the atmosphere of the uh, atmosphere of Archer Prime. Sipping a hot coffee. Well, since it's at the uh, control station. And, yeah, they're just keeping a lookout for anything. Um, sensor's a little bit scrambled just because of the uh, the nanoparticles in the atmosphere deflecting um, quite a bit of unusual energy. But, so far, things are going pretty good upstairs. So, I went ahead and made a roll for Kara singing, which I thought would go ahead and be Presence Command. And defying all expectations, apparently Kara is an amazingly good singer. I was wondering what that role was for. <laughs> That's also why I was so surprised. I was expecting the comedy moment of, oh, Kara can't sing worth a shit. I'll show why this role is bad. Oh, gonna... set says singing in the shower has apparently paid off. Or inspiration, at least. I see, I see. So, well, you know, Cara? sometimes it's a duet. You, yeah. So, um, you, you don't By want the to way, sing. Up in Given the, the option, space. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, space base. Sorry. Sorry. What? Why, why are we talking about space base? Because the space. space. Well, gra graves on bridge in space. Ah. This is the B plot. Okay. I'm in charge of the B plot. <laughs> he is in charge of the B plot. <laughs> sorry, I was just confused how that related to singing, but now I realize it didn't, so that's why I had trouble connecting. It's all good. Um, whoever's on the sensors, um, Science... Crap. Hold on. Yeah, reason, insight... Science, insight, yes. Alright, let's see. Setsu will be on the sensors, because she's the science officer on duty. Will make a roll. Yeah, no. 
focus of hers applies here, so... Uh-oh. <laughs> 420! Something something Sweet. meme number. Ha ha ha. Since uh, on the sensors, uh, notices what seems to be a faint echo, but before long it's gone. She does notice that their shields are not the best right now, because the ion storm. Practically worthless. Oh. Setsa tries her best to do some compensation with the emitters. Doing her best, but, I mean, she still considers herself to be a junior science officer, so... You know, kind of taking control, taking control of the main systems is still a little bit daunting. Uh, can Setsa do a roll for improving the sensors, or is she stuck with her face? Um... In a little bit, she can do it again. This is just foreshadowing. When I yes, yes, back to the planet. But yeah, just that brief scene of something being wrong, something off. <laughs> right, right. Totally. In meanwhile, <laughs> in meanwhile, we cut to the um, the planet where we've got the teams of the doggos. They're you know going at speed. It seems fast, really fast. I mean. You didn't expect doggos to be this fast, but it might just be the sensation of being close to the ground on this sled. You know, you, you've got not quite a blizzard, but still a crap ton of snow coming down on you. And it's it, it's getting tough to hang on. So I need everyone to give me a fitness, um, a fitness security roll. This wouldn't be counted as survival, would it? Uh, it's close enough. I'd say, yeah. Give me a minute. My mouse is locked up. One for Kara, one for Chorog, one for Rick, and two proving, for Eli. Proving once again that I can only roll well when it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, um, we'll, we'll, we'll cover Grimnir's sled in a minute, but the other for the other sleds... It's it's hard going um, for most of you. So it's it's getting used to the motion, getting used to that pattern, that rhythmic. And when the you have to, the dogs have to make a little bit of a sharp turn through the terrain. It's just making sure that you're sort of anticipating that well enough, not to just be thrown completely off the sled. While also dealing with the fact that it's cold, icy. You're wearing a lot of plaid clothing, except for Grimnir. Um, and yeah, Eli though, he's got the groove. He's already in it. He's having a great time. And Grimnir is, you know, he's just incandescent. This is just his his realm, his environment. He is one with the doggo sled. Grimnir is in his happy place. <laughs> Moisturized Dog in his lane. <laughs> Doggos, they go. They go. Going fast. Kara just kind of pulls the goggles down and just keeps singing. She doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Eli is screaming like, woo, yeah. I'm not doing like full volume because I have neighbors, but it's also hard to do that on mic. Chorog <laughs> is keeping a wary eye on the horizon, watching for any kind of trouble spots. This is just like surfing, kinda, or longboarding. You ever do either of those, Chorog? Not as such. Well, you, we gotta, we gotta. I gotta get you to try it sometime. I mean, I have used. Uh... I have used a corpse to slide down a mud hill once. That this just got dark. I was gonna say I'd say that counts. Meanwhile, Kara stops her singing and laughing just for a moment to kind of shout back behind her. You okay back there, Rick? You didn't fall off, right? I I think you're still there, but part of me's numb. 
oh, uh, and it just sort of like uh, just sort of like temporarily loses a bit of a bit of grip. No, and and you feel like a light tap. No, I'm good. I'm good. For the navigators, I'm going to have you do a um, insight uh, con roll. Oh, this is my literally low skull. So this would be for Rick and for Chorog. What is it I'm rolling? Insight con. Which I think is the first time we've ever done that combo. So one for Rick. And one for Chorag. You start noticing that the terrain up ahead is getting quite a bit more foresty, so it's getting a little bit harder to make out where the path and the road is relative to the forest gate. So, I mean, it's providing a little bit of a physical hazard here. Chorag sees the upcoming terrain, so I think we ought to stop and maybe I should go ahead and scout ahead, make sure we got a clear path up there. You definitely need to slow down anyway. We're coming up to forests. All right, let's oh. try to slow them down. Sled team people, uh, this would be a um, presence command or control command. Easy. I'm going with presence. The doggos are excited, though. Actually, actually, hmm, control does seem a bit better. <laughs> oh, lovely. I got one success and two complications. Thank goodness the fact that I have augmented control. Yes, you, yes, you got two comps. Um, I do okay, technically also have a success because, again, augmented control. I always get a success. Yes. So, oh, so. yeah, um, I've got it. Oh, Ooh, wait, I no, that complication. <laughs> I was so confused because we posted at the same time and we got literally the same thing. <laughs> oh, oh, everyone got complications. <laughs> We're all uh, everybody by the got power a success. As would say, everybody got a success and everybody got complications, and I don't think we have any Is momentum. That, oh, we You've got one some, momentum for cars. Um, you don't start with some, but you guys did well on oh, specifically. Don't, don't count the singing oh, thing. You didn't even ask me to do that. Singing. Okay, can't count is the singing because so you don't have any momentum right now. Is that not the purpose of a bard? Inspiration. Her singing and doing that well of that role should totally give us momentum. I'm he just saying. He's not a bard. Not to mention, I was intending to do bad on that role. That was the dice making fun of me. And giving so, the, so no. So what's just going to happen is that all the sleds just keep going at speed into the forest. Although Kara, um, your for your sled, it starts to buck quite a bit because you start hitting some uh, some terrain. So both you and uh, Rick need to do a fitness um, a uh, a fitness security roll. One success for Rook. One success for Kara. So you're both able to barely hold on, but yeah, the dogs are just excited and they're going through this forest at speed. And it's unclear if, you know, they're really accounting for the dimensions of the sled as they're doing this. They're just going nuts. They're happy to keep just be running at this time. Kara just keeps yelling, easy, easy. Hey, you guys are supposed to listen to me. All right, navigators. Um... I'm going to need you to do another insight con roll. Two successes on my worst, worst combination. So, just waiting on Chorog. What was it? Insight con. Ah, insight con. That's what it was. Okay. Of course. All right. 
So, one, su uh, one success for Tarog, two successes for Rick. Rick, you're able to keep sight of the other sled very the other sleds very well. Charog, you're it's difficult to kind of keep an eye on everything, but you are able to sort of, you know, signal enough to maintain the cohesion of the convoy. So you guys aren't like fracturing off into the forest at this point. But there's still that problem of the dogs are still really excited and still need to be brought down. You have more reasonable pace. Car is just shouting, easy, easy! Look, I got a phaser pistol, and I'm not afraid to use it. All right. The um, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, let's go with a uh, another set of presence um, con rolls for everybody. We're doing that instead uh, of the uh, slide. Uh, instead of command, but actually, yeah, it can be command too. I was saying control because you already said control. Well, this is to or this is to just get the dogs to listen, and so it's more of a. I, I would say it's more of a presence dealy. You know, hold on a second. Chorog. Yeah, what? What do you say we take this full speed? Chorog takes a long drag off Venom. Let's do this. All right. Now this is sled racing. You want a shot off of this stuff before we really get to speed? No, after. Now can I use control command? Yes, now now it's very much a, a, a control con roll, or control command. On the other hand, that should also hurt cohesion, since everybody else is still trying to slow down. That's fine. Let's-a go. Nice. All right. Two, two successes uh, for... Wait, we two success or two, <laughs> no, wait, wait, what? Uh, Grimnir. Uh, two successes for two successes for uh, Eli and uh, Kara. Is that uh, one success up there for the easy? Yeah, that's one success for Kara. Okay, so uh, Grimnir and Kara are able to bring the dogs down slow, and um, Eli, you're able to keep the dogs going really fast and then get in the groove of it. So you're able to find, you know, what might be a river channel, just, you know, just basically a bit of a straightaway. And you're able to quite easily maintain lots and lots of speed. And you Dog assisted lose. <laughs> and you're, you quickly lose sight of the others. Woo! All right, we're gonna, we're gonna try to slow down up ahead once we find a clearing. Wait for the others to catch up. Catch our breaths. Sound good, Chorog? Sounds good, let's go! Let's go! All right, let's go ahead and get another roll from Eli. Same one. I'm going to spend two threat, too, so your complication range is 18. I will say this ahead of time, damn you. <laughs> but don't matter, let's go! Two successes here, yeah. You're able to get a bit of distance, find a bit of a clearing, and bring the dogs down. Stop. And we got back to the others, though. So you guys have come to a stop. The doggos are, you know, kind of playing around a little bit right now. And you're... you're the sled team lead has gone and uh, and um, and it disappeared slightly. Car at this point just kind of leans over, you know, the the front of the sled. Just like I said, easy, not stop. <laughs> the dogs look to Car, and they 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 have very cute doggo faces. Ugh. I'm not sure which one of us is the problem, but I can tell you this, dogs. I'm going to be getting more training after this, and I hope you are too. So, if Carter at this point, yeah, orders the doggos to go a little bit, um, well, to a go. little bit faster. <laughs> yeah, to stop, go. 
Stopped was not the uh, was not the goal. Slow was the goal. Yeah. So you're able to get them going a bit now. So you're able to get them going at a you know just a reasonable speed as the dogs are just trotting through the forest at this point. There's a little bit of hooting and you know a little bit of bird calls, but yeah, otherwise it's fairly peaceful out. Still, it's still light enough despite the um, fact it's getting towards the evening. Uh, can I try and say pull out my tricorder and? To start, get a get a fix, lock in a fix on. Uh, see what I can do to lock in a fix on both. Um, uh, the uh, both on Grimney and the other team that's way ahead of us right now. Grimney is still you. You still have an eye on Grimney, so his team isn't a problem. But the other team, you could do that. But there's also a trail. So you can use the tricorder um, to basically ensure that you follow it correctly. Yeah, just in case a sudden flurry of snow comes or something, uh, and there's I'll, a creek or something or whatever, something that just where there isn't a, a clear path. Yep. So give me a science insight roll. Well, this is going to be. This is definitely. I was going to say. Um, Survival should focus into it, but it only improves my um, crit by two. Welcome to my um, world. So that's, uh, okay, it didn't respond to that. Let's try again. While we're waiting for Meiji to work. Ladies and gentlemen, D.B. Wells. He's uh, just listening at the moment. Oh, crap, I didn't see that. Results are joining us shortly. And one success, one complication. Um, huh. You think you're able to follow them all right? So, so I, I'm, I'm using, for now, I'm using the, um, the main trail. It's the, it's the clear with only the, with the tricorder as the backup. Yep, well, the tricorder's now, as you're following the trail, the, the tricorder's, now starting to do some weird stuff. It's it's telling you to split when obviously you shouldn't split. But it seems like the tricorder isn't going to be of much use at anything other than like immediate range, given the particulate in the atmosphere and how that's interacting with the ion storm. <sighs> he sort of just grumbles at himself and clears the lock and just uh, right. keep, keeps an eye out on on things as they start to go past again. All right, so you guys are able to join up together. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it, it's the others are just kicking back, enjoying Venom, if desired. And the doggos are just kind of relaxing, chilling, you know, laying down. Though they're starting to look a little bit hungry, like they want some snackies. Let's give the dogs some snacks. Well, I brought these... But I saw the replicator as corn dodgers. These things are supposed to be good out in the wild. Are they good for dogs, though? I'd make a cornmeal. Drog pulls out the small container containing the corn dodgers he replicated, and the dogs seem to perk up a little bit when they smell the uh, they smell the corn dogs as Drog opens the, the package. Well, they look like they want to try it. We, we can try and give it to them. All right, um, I think they need the carbohydrates. Why not? Trog offers the one, just one of the corn dodgers to the lead dog, and 
the dog happily accepts the treat. Oh, he likes it. wonder what kind of wildlife is on this planet. Kara looks up at some of the strange birds in the branches. Uh, the disorienting kind. Eli looks up. Uh, what, what's wrong with it? I don't think owls are supposed to smile like that. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, it's a big universe. Right, I'm just going to be over here slightly creeped out, okay. I mean, I'm creeped out too, but it, it's... They're, they're alive. Uh, yeah, that particular owl eats berries. It's a peaceful <laughs> creature, despite the fact that it is smiling at you. The very broad mouth. I mean, if you, got, if you guys are hungry, I can make that thing dinner. No, no, no. You no, know what? No. The only thing I think I like worse than the idea of it eating me is me eating it. So let's not do that. <laughs> not going to lie, I'm not a big fan of poultry. Yeah, save yourself. Except for turkey. You do have, you do have plenty of supplies in there. And with your sled team, too. So you don't have to resort to hunting yet to find your food. Kara, you know, takes the time to let all the dogs loose so that they can run around and do this and that, and sets up a bivouac tent, and then starts digging for rations. Well, you guys, you guys doing that, I'm going to see the security arrangements. You brought a tricorder. I seem to have forgot one. Can you see what kind of local wildlife we have? Well, I'm not a particular skilled in science, so I won't be able to do much with the interpretation of the information, but we'll see what I can get. You, you, know, you could just toss it over to me. And, uh, uh, and he just tosses the, uh, the, his tricorder over. And then gets. Do I have to roll to catch the tricorder? <laughs> I'm going to set up my shelter near the edge here so I can keep an eye out for any kind of security t situations. Uh, Rick's also going to set up his shelter, but, uh,. I think someone wants to know if they need to roll to catch the tricorder. Kara, meanwhile, has dug through the rations and pulled out some stuff. She reads the label. Okay, this looks good. Meat pies. Does anyone want to try building a fire? Well, I was asking if I had to roll to catch the tricorder. <laughs> well, not oh. only that, but shouldn't we have supplies for heating food? Yeah, you, you've, you've got, you know, full set of camping supplies. So, I mean, just anything that you would... If we really want to rough it, I could, I could, I could heal up a couple of rocks. Now, uh, I mean, once once all the the, the Rick's gone and made sure all the tents of our appeal start working on the fire. Car meanwhile just sets up a camp stove because if you have technology, why wouldn't you? Char can help with that. He has pyrotechnics and improved improvised construction. I'm just going to assume I catch the tricorder. <laughs> Yeah, you you totally t you can t you can totally yeah t you, you catch the tricorder. All right, I'm going to scan for wildlife. Scan I away. Hope, inside I hope science. you remember the notes. I have them up here. I'll have set up a cooking area. All right, you said insight science does uh science. xenobiology count for focus? Oh yeah, absolutely. Your successes. Eli, you detect mammal life signs. And you know where they are. You've got a pinpoint reading. A little fuzzy given the ion storm, but you know there's some mammals out there. Fascinating. What'd you find? Where'd you go find um, some, some, some mammals. Dangerous or otherwise? Let's go see. Unless you're busy. Go investigate. No, I'm, I'm good. 
Trog say grab, grabs his, his disruptor rifle off the sled. Let's go see what we got. Let's try not to kill it, but all right. I mean, if it comes at us, I'm going to try to scare it off. Fair. All right, let's go forth. You got your snowshoes on? Trog, well, Trog has improvised construction, so he just grabbed a couple of uh, lids that are no longer being used and strapped them to his boots. These will work. All right, let's go. All right, to proceed through the snow into the woods, uh, go ahead and give me uh, control fitness. Meanwhile, while they're heading... Sorry, not control fitness. Um, security fitness or security control? Car just watches him and turns to, you know, Rick and says, What city slickers don't understand is that weird o- noises always come from the forest and we just ignore it. If you go out to investigate and get got, then that's on you. If you ignore it, and go back to sleep like a rational person. That's uh, part, of, part, someone to go deal with it for you. It's part of the reason why I set up camp so we have have um, not only a, a central place to congregate, but also um, something to chase any of the more unwanted guests away. Ah, got my good old phaser pistol for that. So, By the way, meat pie. She so holds long. up a plate with a meat pie on it for Rick. Uh, and here, yeah, oh, thank you, and. Uh, he starts starts to bite. It, it actually, it doesn't bite into it. It just it just sort of puts it in his mouth and jumps down on it. Being, uh, being well, you're not screaming, so it's not too high. Dog goes the smell of the pie. But as uh, you guys are de- are dealing with pie, uh, Torog and Eli, um, they're able to avoid the really deep bits of snow and are able to make a little bit of progress. Um, uh, into the uh, woods here to sec. The um the the life sign that Eli detected. There's a, there's a bunch, but you know there's a particular particular particularly notable reading. Like it's on the ground. It's not in the trees. It's not obviously something like a squirrel. It's something a little bit bigger. So in front of you though, it just looks like white. Lots of snow. Let me see what. Let me see if I can uh, pick it up on my thermoscope on my rifle. Eli, uh, you can also do a presence, uh, uh, insight, um, insight, and either command, if you want to use a little bit of telepathy to try to find it. Empathy, but empathy, yeah. Empathy for, to find it, or, you know, just kind of insight security, just do Insight kind of command, around. because I want to use my empathy. Yep, I don't get to use that. Empathy. It doesn't want to send. Oh, no. I'm on, Second man, time's the charm, that's where we go. Oh, there we go. So, Jorog, you're able to get your scope set up, but as you do, Eli already gets a feel for what's out there. Kind of pinpoints it, and kind of looking close, you see a couple little little eye or little eyes and a little nose sticking out of the snow, as a little Arctic fox always looking at you. I'm going feel to the adopt Arctic it. Fox what is it? It's a. It's a fo- Wait, hold on a second. This is. This is an alien planet. Why is there a fox? The real question is, why is it talking like that? What? Eli looks suicide. Did that thing just talk? No, it did not talk. No, but you asked why it's there, and I'm just giving you the one-word answer. Colonialism! Literally. It is a human Andorian colony. Scribner gets a sad face because no one went for the joke. No, Eli looked at him like, when did you get here? But I got interrupted. Trog's staring at this thing through the scope. I don't think this thing's a threat. It's it's not. It's a fox. I'm. I want to pet it. 
uh, Eli with his empathic connection already has, you know, he, he's already in tune with the fox toe. The fox toe just is curious about Eli. Kind of, he kind of scoots forward a little bit. I know you're not a cat, but still. Foxo keeps approaching Eli, step by step. I'm going to carefully hold my hand out to let him acclimate to me. I got you covered. Foxo sniffs Eli's head. I shall now carefully, gently give him a pat upon the head. He's got the softest fur. I'm adopting you now. Kind of a cute little critter, isn't it? Yes, it's a fox. They're literally the most adorable animal in existence. Look at you. What's a fox? It's it's an earth animal. I've also just pointed down and says this. This is indeed a fox. The Arctic fox, I believe. Kind of reminds me of a um, jackal mastiff pup, but less growly. So, feels like he has made a friend in Eli. Doesn't know why, but feels connected to Eli this is the best day of my life. We so gotta make sure the dogs... We gotta make sure the dogs won't snack on them. Yeah, we better get back and... Get back to camp. I Hold on. what happened to us. Hold on a second. Eli puts down his hood. Put him in my hood. Okay. I'm keeping him. Charog very gingerly picks up the critter with his uh, targ for gloves and Carefully puts him in Eli's hood. Foxo is now riding in Eli's hood like a papoose. And it, it, the fox believes it has adopted a human. <laughs> fox is part cat, apparently. And with that, um, we can go ahead and take a bio break right now. Oh, thank God. Sorry to run a little bit late on that, but yeah, kind of wanted to get to the foxo. So the government doesn't want this. you to know this. All right, welcome back. And, you know, we've, we've got, you know, a little camp set up. So people have pitched some tents. Uh, the doggos are fed and happy and they're just chilling around. You know, they don't mind the cold, so they're just kind of forming little nested bundles of doggo. And, um, yeah, Eli's made a new fox friend. He's now Eli, riding a cup of poos. Eli comes back to the little camp with his hood down, trying to, like, hide the fox. Fox the is, is, is hiding well. He is enjoying the ride his human is giving him. Which is probably just as well, because Carr would insist on it having all its shots if it was going to be around. Well, they've got some medical supplies. <laughs> right now, my cat's in the background, so... Hello, little football. You're providing ambient audio. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the night is peaceful. The, the, owl, the smiling owls in the trees are giggling to themselves. What? Man, that's creepy. It's, it's just the noise they make. Those things they usually make horse nays. Charg, fire the disruptor into the air to scare him off. You got it. Warning shot. Uh, the, Charg, the, the, Charg the warning pull, shot is given in the... Charg pulls out his disruptor pistol and places a few very carefully aimed rounds into the air. And, and you're able to scare him off, and night is, you know, peaceful. So in the distance you hear a... We didn't hear anything. It's a dead quiet, we heard. Oh, okay, I heard that. That was... Anyone else hear that? Unfortunately. You guys stay here, I'm going to investigate. Remember what I said earlier about strange noises and going out in the woods? Kara, meanwhile, just cleans up after, you know, dinner and is getting ready to go in her tent. Hey, sit. 
Hold on to that meat pie. I wasn't done with it. Grimner says, Oi, you want me to come with? Yeah, it better be my backup. I don't know what that is out there. All right, Grimner All right, gets so up. You guys... What's that, Duncan? Oh, I was going to let uh, Nick go. Oh, I was just telling him to have fun. Well, Nick does have a new furry friend to take care of. In his tent, the doggos will not see the fox out. Eli pours himself a cup of coffee by the fire before taking it to his tent. Hopefully nobody's noticed the fox. Is that everyone who tried it tried yeah. to notice it? Uh I'm going I'm gonna try and notice it. Um, Come on, Grimner, let's go see what we got out there. Uh what uh inside security, I guess. Yeah, inside security. Notice, like, the back of Eli's uh, hood looks a little bit big, but, I mean, could just be the light. Or the lack thereof. Yeah, he doesn't, uh, like, Rick's just uh, doesn't, just sort of turns back to, to the to the fire, and he's just sort of, like, just chilling. And uh, he's going to start uh, just recounting another, start telling a story of uh, one of his, like, people's folklore stories. As he does, um, Chorug and uh, Grimnir proceed off into the um, off towards the direction of the sound. Um, so, give me, go ahead and give me insight security rolls. I'm going to spend three threats, so complication range seventeen. Ooh, okay, spicy. Uh, I forget how do you do uh, complication. Oh, we can just manually interpret it. Two successes for Grimnir. Grim that <laughs> Grimnir. So. I was about to say, Car's gonna call him that from now on. Grimney. Grimney. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm used to calling Uncle him Grim <laughs> I'm used to calling him Grimmy for short, and so I was trying to say Grimnir, and then my brain was like Grimmy, so it came out Grimney. <laughs> At least it's not Grimney. Yeah, so So Setsa can Setsa can definitely uh, start calling Grimnir uh, Uncle Grimney. Okay, he would find that adorable. So you're able so you're able to um, spot just shambling in the uh, in the distance by the tree line. Just it's just a white humanoid figure, completely just completely kind of caked in white. It's difficult to make, but with the movement, you're able to see uh, something walking in the distance. Grimner shouts out, "Oi! You all right out there? Identify, friend or foe." So um. Uh, Lost? <laughs> you know anybody named Lost? He looks at Chorog. No one I know named Lost. Strike one, pal. Better give me some positive ID. Uh, Daniel? Daniel! Oh, it's this guy! I know this guy! What are you doing out here? Hey, it's my personal nunchuck. Um, what are you doing out here? John, um, pops up from the snow immediately and goes... Oh, that explains what he's doing here. Yeah. Come on, you two. Captains this way. Let's get you warmed up. Grimner, Grimner looks at Daniel. You didn't bring the sword with you, did you? You know what? Can I can I just roll to see if Daniel would, would have just like been like, you know what, why not? I mean, why is like So so the background for Daniel being here is that um, he and John decided to take a little bit of a field trip to survey local wildlife in order to help Setsa out. So they are here for completely unrelated reasons to the mission. So if you think you might have brought the sword 
on a wildlife survey with John. Okay, probably not. The... I think he probably doesn't have the sword. And then I think the real question of that situation is: Does John know about the sword? Because I have a feeling if John knew about the sword, he'd be like, "And bring this thick. <laughs> we might need it." <laughs> uh, no, yeah, not for what they're doing right now. Okay. So Daniel, though, his he's he. he God. Just to set the scene for just to set the scene for Daniel. So John is in a little. He's got a little uh, tardigrade sweater on, a scarf, and a little bobble hat, and he's got a little notebook that he's cataloging all the wildlife in. Daniel is in a spacesuit, but it's completely caked over for, with snow, so he just looks like a big kind of snowman walking through the woods. Trog takes his uh, gloved hand to dust Daniel off. Since yeah, we need to get you warmed up, and you're, you're you look cold, man. I mean, hey, this thing's built for the vacuum of space, so um, it's actually pretty nice in here. Well, we best get you back to camp. We don't. There's all kinds of critters roaming around out here. I mean, that's so. At that point, give me another give me another insight security roll, and that's uh, uh, available for everyone. Everyone. Uh, everyone who's in, oh, you can look at a distance if you want to. No. I'll look from the window of my tent, sure. Why not? Grimner got three successes. Is it going to be a complication to look from this far? I No, it, it's fine. Alright, what did he say it was? Uh, insight security. I got me uh, uh, two successes. Alright. Uh, Eli, you notice that, hey, Charag and Grimner, Charg and Grimner are talking with someone. Uh, let's see, Rick, you notice that they're talking with, you know, it looks like a spacesuit, so it's probably DB. Uh, DB, um, might be something behind you. Torog, you see what's behind him. And Grimnir, you've known what's behind him the whole time. Uh-oh. So what's behind him, it's a grizzly bear. Oh. He, he, he's just, he's just behind, he's behind Torog, just kind of checking out what's up. <laughs> Daniel just kind of... Looks over his shoulder. What? Huh? Just huh? There's a there's a bear sniffing him. Daniel, don't move. Ah. Daniel slowly reaches back to pat the bear on the head gently. <laughs> Grimner was in the process of about to say, you know, don't do anything different because that I, 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 you know what? I kind of want to see how this plays out. Listen, the bear it, immediately rises up. It, it's the time old, it's the time old adage of if I'm going to be mauled to death by a bear, I'm going to get at least one pat on the head in. So you're not able to pat the head because the the head is now above you by a margin. Grimner lo- locks eyes with the bear and says, "Don't do it." I mean, you can use your 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 Daedric shout or not? Sorry, not Daedric, the dragon shout. Like, there's um, something about Grimnir I don't even know. <laughs> Trog, Trog at this point is slowly moving his hand down to his duck tog. So Grimnir's um, just locked eyes with the bear. Don't do it. So do you want to augment that though with any ability? Like you can use the animal shout. Not yet. Grimnir wants to see if he could actually legit talk it down. <laughs> so I mean, the bear right now is just kind of rising up as kind of like a you know he's kind of more of a don't do it to. Daniel. Daniel retracts his hand, but turns around slowly. Grimnir slowly, Grimnir slowly puts his arm out onto Daniel's chest and just kind of starts 
slowly pushing him away from the bear. Trog is also locked eyes with this bear and is like, if that bear makes a move, he's he's charging it. Grimnir says, hey, Trog, you got any meat in your pack? Yeah, actually, I, hold on. Trog pulls out a, a container of what looks like dried meats. Toss it that away. Toss Trog, it that away. <laughs> Trog, with all this might, throws the targ jerky that he had took with him way into the distance. Bear, the, the bear, like, looks over, then looks back at the group. Trog's look at the bear. Go get the food, Smokey. You won't like me. Uh, go ahead and give me a presence command roll. For both of us, or just Chorog? For right now, Chorog, because he's talking, but again, Grimnir, you know, if he wants to intervene, go ahead and give me uh, the same roll. Okay. Daniel is assisting, that bear but... shows any hostility, Grimnir's doing the shout. Daniel is assisting by trying to look big. Daniel, no sudden movements. Slowly trying to look big. <laughs> He's just kind of like raising, his arms are just going up slowly. <laughs> I, I forget so, how I mean, helping works, but... Yeah, I mean, you could do an assist, but for right now, Chorog, I mean, you're, I mean... You're, the situation's calm. The bear's calm. I mean, still looking da- like he kind of just like stops rearing up and is still just sniffing at Dan, uh, sniffing at Daniel. Okay, Fuzzy, you really don't want no part of this. Go get the mood. Go get the food, and we all walk away. <laughs> the bear, the bear starts trying to like nom on one of Daniel's hoses. Daniel attempts to pet the bear, seeing as. We is curious, but not inherently aggressive right now. I am trying to come across as affectionate and friendly. Presence? Okay, so give me presence. Presence command complication range 16. (laughs) Uh, Where is it at? At this point, I was just kind of, you know, thinking to myself that whenever Daniel shows up in an episode, it's like everyone is like, Daniel, don't. And then Uh Daniel does. <laughs> Damn, Daniel, back at it again. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. He's an explorer. Just, uh, is there anything of value you can do in this situation? Because I have nothing ventured, nothing gained. Uh, I mean, you as a could value. use it to. Um, you can use, you could it, use to it to re-roll a bad die. Oh, oh, um, <coughs> automatic crit. You can also get an automatic crit along with his roll. Crit, crit, crit. So yeah, that would be spending a point of determination in using that value. I like the crit idea because then he could still roll two, you know, uh, complications. So he gets to pet the bear, but then the bad thing happens anyway. Uh, you know Exactly. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm nothing ventured, nothing gained. Uh, so does so, that mean like one of them, yeah, one of the rolls is just counted as a one or? No, you're still doing your rolls, but on top of your rolls, you got two successes. Okay. Damn it. Four successes. Four successes. Daniels has made a friend. The bear is liking the strange snowman. I mean, he's just kind of like, you know, nom some of them hoses, but, you know, it's metal, you know, for the fastening. So he just, you know, enjoys the padding. And it's like, it's just like, there, there's a strange thing here. Let's be you know, honest. There's nothing the bear could do to the suit that we can't fix anyway. It's what's in the suit that we're concerned about. <laughs> yeah, so um, the bear has, you know, he thinks that Daniel is another bear and is a friendly bear. 
question. Bear now yeah. thinks that, but what does Bear think about everybody else? I mean, they're just all humans. Daniel has kind of got the suit, so he, he, he looks a little bit more padded, a little bit more full figure. It'd be really awkward if Grimner was wearing his armor, because, you know, bear helmet and bear furs, and he's about the size oh. of a bear. <laughs> I mean, he would just be interpreted as a bear straight away. <laughs> Daniel, <laughs> Daniel whispers off to the side, John, are you writing this down? <laughs> I mean, John can take his mask off and growl like a bear. I mean, for the record, John isn't writing this down, but it's because it's busy memorializing it in a crown drawing. <laughs> yes, yes, he, he is currently drawing a picture of the bear and, and Daniel. I guess Daniel just wait, kind wait. of chills with the bear for a bit until something happens. Does Eli notice the bear from his tent yet? <laughs> I mean, at this point, you can, everyone who wants to look and see what's going on can see that Daniel is petting a bear. Eli is busy writing up a short report uh, regarding his new foxo as he, before he looks up and sees, oh, that's a grizzly bear. Sack. I was about to say, roll. you can't complain, Eli. You got a pet, so. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Uh, I'm taking much. him home. Whoa, that's a hell of a die roll. <laughs> oh, okay. I did. Okay, I did it correctly this time. Um, John uh, kind of climbs up on the back of Daniel, reaches out, and puts his hat on the. It takes his little fuzzy bobble hat and puts it on the bear. Bear now has a hat. This is great. <laughs> we better teach him how to carry artillery shells. <laughs> Grimner is trying artillery his shells not to laugh. Fuck it, teach the bear how to carry the artillery. Trog just kind of stands there and hangs his head, everyone's getting a buddy but me. He's got the doggos. Everyone's got doggos. Also, Trog doesn't know I have the fox. I was there when you he found was there. it. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. You, he, everyone else doesn't know. <laughs> if Trog didn't know, know that you found it, that'd be really weird. I know. I brain fart, I'm, I'm sorry. The one everyone that else put it doesn't in your know. Hood. I know. I, I, yeah, I, I, well, yeah, I no worries. No worries. Anybody else want to take it? Anybody else want to take a shot just while we've got him on the ropes? Anybody? No, it's all good. Kick a man when he's down, why don't you? <laughs> the, fo the fox is now, you know, cuddling up with Eli. I have no idea what I'm going to name you. The foxo is now fluffy and he's happy to have snacks. Eli has given him snacks, correct? Yes. Yeah, he is enjoying the snacks. So, DB, you, you, you've befriended a bear. Uh, I guess... I, I guess Daniel uh, will. Daniel attempts to just kind of like. I, I, I don't know. I guess Daniel just like tries to like. Uh, I, I guess Daniel will try to uh, uh, lead the bear over to the fire and share food. I That's probably a bad idea with all of the dogs there. I was just okay, about to say okay, that. Okay, never mind. I, I, did, yeah. I completely didn't think about that. Uh, yeah, Dan so... Daniel you, will... You can basically... You can have a fond parting with the bear and not get mauled. Okay, that is, okay, that is right. the upper limit of the scene. Okay. That would be preferable, probably. Okay. Trog looks at Daniel's like, Don't think about bringing that back to the camp. Those dogs won't like it. Daniel goes in for a forehead touch, uh, hands on either side of the bear's head, before parting ways, kindred spirits in opposite directions. 
And the bear has the, a hat the bear proceed, Yeah, the bear proceeds off, and he has a hat. He will eventually chew the hat a lot and have it as a toy in a den. So the, the group is free to proceed back to camp and spend the night, you know, cuddling up with the doggos, resting up before continuing on with their journey tomorrow. This is next time for part two of this episode. Is anyone going to try to notice Eli's fox? Anyone else? Kara's been asleep I mean, for his... like the past hour. <laughs> well, anyone else then? I mean, does Daniel Elbows notice... are sniffing he... at the tent. Does Daniel notice just walking over to camp? Oh, I mean, no, the window Eli... is open. Yeah, the window is like, open, yeah. He's got... Yeah, he's got like a little viewing port in the tent that can be open. If... It is open. Anyone... Eli has been watching. Yeah. Drugs. So you can glance in and see the fox. You know Drugs. what? Daniel just kind of lies down in his suit. That's his tent for the night. <laughs> lies down on the like ground. A, doggo pi- a dog pile soon forms around him. Trog settles into his makeshift snow blind with a little heater in it just so he can keep an eye on security purposes. And I can really go for some yeah. of that coffee right about now. The pot is still there by the fire. Trog walks over, grabs a Fills a tankard with coffee and set, goes back to his little snow blind to keep an eye on the surroundings so everyone else can sleep and he can keep an eye on security. One last question. Where is John? That is a good question. Where did John go? Two sets of tracks lead away from camp. One belonged to a bear, the other a much smaller creature. <laughs> I think the problem much smaller is- bear. The problem is John can be wherever he wants to be, so... Well, I was actually going to throw in, if he stuck around, that he actually wouldn't be able to spore jump during the storm, because it's just so disorienting. He's sending the bear to Chicago. (laughs) Better than Detroit. So, um, yeah, the, um, John John is walking off with the bear, and he's going to go have an adventure with the bear. That is why we cannot spore jump. Yeah, thanks for joining us tonight, and yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with the continuation of this adventure, where we see what's up with space, and what's up with the rest of the trail ahead. Speaking of space... Remembering, uh, remember folks, we're we're a group of trained idiots. Please don't go pet bears. Wait, you guys are trained? Uh, I'm trained. I act, yeah, I have animal safety, like, animal safety and handling training. I am trained, and yes, yeah. do not pet bears. Yeah, and do, do not approach grizzly bears. They are not your friend. They will eviscerate you. I remember, uh, black bears are, are more yeah. scared of you than you are of them. Which grizzly bears very dangerous. Not quite. <laughs> but anyway, um, one last thing with space. This is just teaser, so you don't have to worry about actually doing anything. In the inside of a ship, um, figure stands amongst other figures and says to the other... We go into battle to reclaim our lives. We do this gladly, for we are Jem'Hadar. Remember, victory is life. And then cut to black. Dun, dun, dun.